It's a film with three brains. 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 Oh my god, you guys are freaks. Choose life. Choose a job. Choose a career. Choose a family. Choose a fucking big television. Choose washing machines, cars, compact displays, and electrical tin openers. <laughs> Choose good health, low cholesterol, and dental insurance. Choose fixed interest mortgage repayments. Choose a starter home. Choose your friends. Choose leisure wear and matching luggage. Choose a three-piece suite on higher purchase and a range of fucking fabrics. Choose DIY and wondering who the fuck you are on a Sunday morning. Choose sitting on that couch watching mind-numbing, spirit-crushing game shows, stuffing fucking junk food into your mouth. Choose rotting away at the end of it all, pissing your last in a miserable home, nothing more than an embarrassment to the selfish, fucked-up brats that you've spawned to replace yourselves. Choose your future. Choose life. I chose not to choose life. I chose something else. And the reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you've got head on? Hello and welcome to the film with three brains. This is Sean in Chicago. This is Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. I'm in San Francisco. Scooby-bop, <laughs> All right, let's end that musical interlude. Let's talk about a movie called Train Spotting. 1996, directed by Danny Boyle, adapted from a book by Irvine Welsh. And uh, for a lot of us, it's a pretty... Pretty scary introduction to to the country of Scotland, I guess. <laughs> um, but it was uh, well, I don't know how to how to describe it. But let's just let's just say it's um, it it, it made a, kind of a big splash both here and in the UK, and uh, has a great soundtrack and uh, stars Ian McGregor. And this was my uh, it was only probably my third time seeing it. I would say. Yeah. Um, Probably three or four. Did anybody see it in the theater? Yeah, I did. did. That's interesting. I don't know why I didn't. Because it did make, you know, they had, the promotion was, was kind of big for it. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of lines up with the numbers because it said that, you know, they spent almost half as much on the promotion that the uh, Polygram distributors Mm -hmm. spent almost as much as the movie in making the movie. You know, it was just... (laughs) It was a big push to get it in American theaters, and it worked. It already made like eighteen million in the UK before it came here. Do you guys remember that that being kind of a? I mean, I don't know why I, did, I still can't figure out why I didn't see it in the theater. Some college do I, days. Do we remember what? It coming well, I mean, out. Like, yeah, I mean. Yeah. I guess I just don't. I I must have seen it on videotape because I don't remember going to the theater. And I'm kind of puzzled why I didn't. I'm. I don't remember. I don't remember specifically going to see it. I just assume I did, because I I was a big Shallow Grave fan, and then Train Spotting came out, and I remember it coming out, and I remember being like, "Ooh, Train Spotting, this is great." Oh, okay. Yeah, I wish I had seen. I wish I had seen Shallow Grave before we recorded this, because I don't know. Oh, you never much seen about it? that? I don't think so. Oh, it's really great. So you were aware of Danny Boy already? Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Indeed. I was not aware of Danny Boyle, but I still saw Shallow Grave and Train Spotting. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> you were aware because you saw Shallow Grave. I mean, how did? Because that wasn't a big one. Yeah, but this was That's a time when, like, um, yeah, but at that time, that was the end of college where I had lots of time to see movies, and I was seeing pretty much everything that came out yeah. and especially if it was an indie movie that had any acclaim yeah like, you know this is this is a time when i was watching like 200 movies a year yeah um so yeah i remember yeah. going to see this in the theater i, I remember used to, in college i used to go to the video store and i'd come home with like six movies and i'd watch them in a weekend that's disgusting <laughs> that's inspiring <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, what I mean, do you think that that um, Shallow Grave was a you know creditable 
springboard for him. Oh yeah. I mean, assuming, yeah, I'm assuming that's just good. as good. It's also in Scotland, right? I mean, it's yeah. And I think uh, the mother superior cat or somebody from from the from Train Spotting is in you and McGregor's grave. Oh, he is. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. But I mean, He's the what? character is not. There's somebody. No, no, no. It's just there's no overlap okay. in that regard. They're not oh, a whatever. shared universe. Okay. Um. So, is there anything else that that would uh, be important to know about that movie? Or no, no. Okay, <laughs> fair <laughs> it's enough. Good. good. I feel better now. <laughs> I recommend it. It's it's like a thriller. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Well, if you haven't seen Train Spotting, and we suggest that you do, um, it's a story of a bunch of guys in a very uh, depressed area of Edinburgh. Edinburgh, whatever you want to say, um, uh, Scotland. And it's a, um, you know, they, they, (laughs) I mean, ostensibly it's about heroin use, but it's really, um, you know, about the, I guess the, uh, the aftermath of it and the, and the, the decisions you make with people that (laughs) are less than trustworthy because they do heroin. Um, (laughs) And I guess in the book, I didn't read the book either, but there's, I guess there's a lot more characters that they sort of had to trim yeah. down to adapt this into the, into the movie. True. Um, so it's kind of streamlined and it's, it's basically about Ewan McGregor, Mark Renton and, and his, his journey in and out of drugs, drug use and what, and how he decides to, what he decides to do about it. Um, I don't know. I guess there's there's not a lot of plot, really. I mean, it's <laughs> it's you know it's pretty atmospheric. It's it's stylish. It's got great music. It's got a uh, pretty decent performances. I mean, I don't I didn't see any bad performances, and um, and it's got you know an all Scottish cast with the exception of Johnny Lee Miller, who <laughs> I don't know if you guys read this, but he was putting on the Scottish accent the entire time. You know, like you know, off and on camera. Yeah, and he kept it up until the rap party, and then he dropped it, and <laughs> and apparently they were pretty shocked. <laughs> so it must have been pretty good if no one noticed it. Yeah, no one, you know. I mean, I guess they didn't know who he was, although he had been in Hackers, did a good American accent in Hackers, which is a yeah. masterpiece. Yeah, as you know, he's good in, good at accents because he put. <laughs> I, I will. I'm ignoring that comment, but um, I was kidding. Uh, yeah, I'm, I know you were, but but not completely. <laughs> I know you. You're, it's, you're, a, it's a guilty pleasure. It's a guilty pleasure, but exactly. it's a totally ludicrous, ridiculous <laughs> movie. I didn't realize that he was married to Angelina Jolie for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was the romantic lead in that in Hackers? Indeed. And a hacker herself. I don't know what the. I don't know. I've seen it, but I whatever. Yeah, she's was, in it. Yeah. I was trying to remember their code names or whatever they. Oh, yeah. Their, no, no, no. He's their like, handles. Zero avatars. Cool Zero that? cool, and she's uh, crash override or crash override. <laughs> How in the world do you guys pull this out of your head? <laughs> I don't know, man. Some things just stick. So anyway, Johnny Lee Miller, uh, <laughs> Kevin McDonald. Uh, did you guys? We, I've seen him in some stuff. Who? More He's... Kevin? Or am I missing? Up? Kevin McKidd. Kim McKidd, sorry, not McDonald. Yeah. I'm mixing two names now. Yeah, he's in some stuff here and there. Ke- Kelly McDonald and <laughs> Kevin yeah. McKidd. Yeah. Um, Kelly McDonald. She's in a lot is, of stuff. She's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. And she's had a quite a career. And I was very glad to realize that she was 19, turning 20 when she filmed this, <laughs> not her character's age, which is supposed to be 14 or 15 or something. Yeah. So that's good. Um, yeah, Kevin, know, Kevin McKidd's in a, a horror movie called Dog Soldiers that I really like. Um, okay. That no one's seen but me. <laughs> yeah. Directed by For, Neil Marshall, who did uh, uh, The Descent, which, have you ever seen that? That's awesome. Oh, yeah. That's, that's oh, is that the one where they go in the caves? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I made it to the end of that. What? It was, it was one of those that kind of creeped me out, like the... The well, claustrophobia yeah. of that's caves. That's the whole is, idea. Yeah. But it wasn't really about... It was about a creature, right? It was down in there? Well... Yeah, sort of? Well, or going well, crazy? Yeah. 
I don't know. You seem as good though. Yeah, okay, that's great. Okay, maybe I should watch it. You should. I enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, playing so the kids. I, so yeah, I, I was just gonna say that I, you know, after uh, uh, after you picked this, and I was just kind of like looking around on IMDb because refamiliarizing myself, and I noticed that he's not on any of the posters or anything, but Kelly mm-hmm. McDonald <laughs> is, which I thought was weird. Right. And then I looked it up, and he had gone on vacation during all the photo shoots for all the promo material, so he's not in any <laughs> of it. Yeah. <laughs> which is weird. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah. He, um, for you gaming nerds, he was also... Uh, Soap McTavish in all the Call of Duty games mm. played that character. Mm-hmm. But that, yeah, if you're not into that, you don't care. Um, Ewan McGregor, everybody knows because he's Obi Wan Kenobi now, and he's, you know, he's done. He's had the biggest career of any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Ewan Bremer, Bremer, yes. Uh, what's he a double up from? Um, Anybody? Who, you and McGregor? Yeah. Uh, wow, I don't know. My brain's broken. Little voice. Little voice. Oh, yes. God. Little <laughs> voice. <laughs> I don't even remember him in it. <laughs> he's the telephone repair he's, guy. He's the, I know, he's the I, I guess. Guy. I, like, I don't remember anything about that movie. It, it's It's gone. Wow. I'm going to pick is, it again. It has seeped out of my ears <laughs> and yeah, into the ether. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Caine. You can call Angelina Jolie's hacker name from <laughs> five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right. So yeah, yeah. Ewan Bremner, uh, Spud Murphy. He's he actually, not in a lot, is he? He's not a lot, but the reason what I was going to say is that he used to be the lead when it was when Train Spotting was a stage production. Oh, oh right. And, and then he heard that they wanted somebody bigger, I guess, for the for Mark Renton. Yeah, and uh, he agreed to be in it because he just felt like you know this was part of his heritage. Yeah, and I think he's a big part of it too. I, I really I like, like the Spud character. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, me too. He's also in the Rundown with the Rock. Ah, okay. That's the only other movie I can think of with him in it off the top of my head. <laughs> he's, he's an alien versus Black... predator. Is oh. he? Yeah. I don't remember him in it. He's Twombly in Black Hawk Down. Yeah, I yeah, don't remember him in that either. <laughs> uh, Everybody, okay. well, Black Hawk Down is like, that's a deep cast. Yeah, Ian McGregor's also in that. Yeah. Um, Robert Carlyle, who plays... Begbie. He's been a lot of stuff. He's the lead in Full, the Full Monty. Oh, yeah. right, yeah. Which is oh, how yeah. most people know him. That's right. That was, He's that in some other was stuff. big for a while there. Yeah, that was a big one. Yeah. Anyway. So I think we covered the cast, at least, you know, just laid, laid the groundwork here. Well, the um, other guy, yeah. too, uh-huh. the other guy who's not part of their crew, uh, who they call... Uh, uh, not mom. <laughs> what the hell do they call him? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Peter what do they call him? Mother Superior. That's it. Mother yeah. Superior. He's in a ton of shit, too. He, yeah. He's in, um, he's in uh, Children of Men. He's yeah. the Sid, <laughs> the fascist pig. <laughs> he's in the Westworld series, too. Uh, he's in the Westworld. He's in Ozark. He's a. Oh, yeah. He's great in Ozark. Yeah. I didn't really like his southern accent, but. It, it wasn't terrible. It was just it's just a little too thick. I just like his his him and his psychotic wife's characters. Yes, that they were remarkable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, right. <laughs> I would like to say that my memory of Train Spotting is far more positive than the follow up. Not as okay. <laughs> not as say I didn't like it. I do. I like it. But a couple things struck me. One, I didn't really recall how sort of shallow it all is. Oh, yeah. After it was over, I was like, wow, that's, there's not really much in the way of character development. There's not really a plot to speak of. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like a, there's not a lot of substance to it. It's just like, 
You, can, you know, it's just sort of frivolous entertainment. Um, not to say I didn't enjoy it. I did. It's, it's, it's entertaining as hell. It's just, I, I, I thought, I just thought there was more to it, you know, or like in my memory of it, it held more, it had more weight. Hmm. And watching it again, I, I was just sort of struck by how, um, yeah, just shallow it all is, I suppose. And then I had forgotten just, I suppose I had forgotten how gross it is, <laughs> you know? And I mean, and I'm, I don't mean just like the, the toilet thing and the, the spudge shit and the sheet. I just mean like all of it. It's all yeah. gross. Yeah. The fact that anyone would want to live this way is so just shocking to me that you would allow it to occur because of how fucking gross it is. It's just all gross. It's, and, it, and it does a really great job of not glamorizing it, you know? Yeah. I Even mean, though the at the time. addiction. Yeah. Yeah. At the time, there were people that was, they were saying that, that they were saying it was glamorizing drug use. Uh, One of them, idiots. I think, was Bob Dole. Well, sure. And they're fucking morons who never even watched it. He didn't watch it. No. They're just, here's a movie about drug use that made a lot of money and people love. Oh, right. well, it must glamorize it because they have no imagination and they're fools. Yeah. I mean, it's, it scared the shit out of me and it still does. It still, it still makes me think about heroin as the king of all, you know, horrible Sure. Things to do your, to your body. And meth. Yeah, like the two things that yeah, I'm terrified of not, that I would never even. But meth touch. never like you know. There's no like. <laughs> I don't. I honestly don't understand meth because like, it's like it's gets you hyper and does all the things you know. Kind of like cocaine. I don't. You know. I guess I don't know. We don't have to go into through the whole litany, but <laughs> <laughs> heroin at least like they at least tell you like we're not we're you know we're not stupid or not that fucking stupid you know. <laughs> The, because it's it's the pleasure of it. They're saying that there's mm-hmm. a there's a reason they do it, and I like I liked it that it's you know that you have to be has to what does he say like a sincere and you know like a, the dedication of the of having a habit, and that it's that it's like a full time job, and yeah, you know you don't it's not easy to yeah. do this, yeah, <laughs> but your body says do it, and you do it, you know. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, it scares me because that addiction is that is. You know, there is no equal to that, I don't think. And I mean, and obviously now in our in our time, we have opioid an opioid crisis that we're still working through. And that's that's correct me if I'm wrong, Sam, but that's kind of the same shit at at the root of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, for the people who do it, the the high is different. But, um, you know, then some of the slower different released uh, forms that, but anyway, um, I think going back to what Co said was, you know, watching the movie way back then, I remember thinking it was a decent movie. Um, but watching it now, I realized that it's both better and worse than I imagined it. Um, better because it's a well-made movie, but worse because we're now like old enough to, personally know people who've destroyed their lives or died from doing this yeah and it's just like like i felt like even though there's a lot of funny things and i think it'd be really hard to say it was glamorizing it because it it hits on so many things like the normal if this was a normal hollywood movie about someone who has a heroin addiction it you'd hit that one low you know the normal plot you know, like you, you hit the you hit the low, and then the person has this moment where they realize that they've wrecked their life, and they're gonna dig themselves out and be a good person. Like it, like this, just keeps going back, like a normal addiction <laughs> yeah. to like, right. like just keep destroying, like keep like walk away from it and just come back, and something horrible happens, and walk away from it and come back, and something horrible happens. Whether it's with Spud going to jail or the baby or himself, you know, ODing and needing to go to the, you know, hospital and get Narcan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just... You're, Kevin, you're, Kevin McKidd gets AIDS. Yeah, and you're just watching it, and it's just like, <laughs> like, it it just felt so true, like, and pathetically true, like like you're saying, but it's just like, oh, that's, exa- you know, that I've seen this happen now. I've seen it, and, you know, with friends and family already i've seen people destroy their lives and 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 to me i was just watching it i was like like even though there's a lot of funny things that going on it's just like 
kind of a little bit gut-wrenching the whole way just being like ah and even at the end there's no hero in this movie there's he's you can't possibly think at the end of the movie like oh this guy's good now like you know like like, there's no way you know like sure he walks away from the current situation he's in you know and he screws his friends at the same time as doing it but there's no way you're like oh yeah everything's just gonna work out fine for this guy and he deserves it or Mm -hmm. you know you're not like like you can't be you're like you the most you can do is be like well i hope he really does it this time (laughs) you know yeah yeah Yeah, I think you, I mean, you're mostly just like waiting for something else horrible to happen. You know, it's like, you know, is Begbie going to kill somebody finally? Or is he going to, you know, (laughs) it's just one travesty after another. But, but I think that's, I think that's part of it. It's, it's, it's not trying to, you know, tell, it's not, it's not a, it's not a moral, um, moralizing tale. You know, it's not. Yeah. And Danny Boyle, I think, was explicit about that. He didn't want something that was pro-drug or anti-drug or anything. It was just sort of, this is a story. I mean, I think that's probably the only thing I can say about the whole thing is that I think if if you focus too much on the heroin and the drugs part, you miss the other kind of subtleties of, of, the, of what it's trying to say. And I, it is shallow. <laughs> it definitely is shallow. But, but I think it is trying to say something as well. I mean, it's trying to tell you about this this place, this time and place. And I mean, for me, it took a while to realize that it's, they're actually talking about the eighties, you know, because I mean, you should have enough context clues from some of the music or the, you know, they talk about Sean Connery's movies up to yeah. untouchables, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which I thought was funny. He was like, <laughs> it means fuck all. <laughs> it's a sympathy <laughs> vote. You know, he's, you know, he's <laughs> saying that the name of the rose was his yeah. shiny moment of his career, which is funny. Um, so there's, you know, there's context clues about the time and yeah, and, and HIV and AIDS is a big topic and everything. Um, but I think that, you know, that, that, that this is kind of a, like the, the little tiny soliloquy that, that Mark Renton has, you know, talking about Scotland. Like when I first saw, even every time I see it, it just makes me think that that's kind of a brave assessment of a country, even though. Like, people from Scotland have a ton of pride. This is not what everyone thinks about. You know, it's just that <laughs> if you're in a state of mind where everything is shite, then that's the way you're going to view it. You're going to be like, well, you know, we're scum of the earth. You know, we're, you know, we're the lowest of low or, you know, yeah. and especially when you're <laughs> in between, you know, uh, hits, you know, yeah, they, they were, they were clean at the time and they were going to climb a mountain and then you know tommy's trying to do the, do the right thing and he's the mr he's not doing drugs and the rest of them are like uh. <laughs> you know they couldn't they couldn't see that i think it, they, it would have been better if they had shown the 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 difference between a natural high like you know if they walk walk if they were going to climb that mountain they would have more you know of, of a the natural euphoria of of exercise and that's the complete opposite of what what they're what they're doing is this you know they're they're not just rejecting you know the fancy car and the tv and the this the stuffy life of modernity they're they're rejecting all of it rejecting all sort of at least this this is my i guess this is my take more than the movie's take that they're rejecting all sort of you know pursuits that that don't involve just ignoring the world you know they just it's it's dark. It's too, it's totally dark, but yeah. I think that what's funny is that the you know the beginning of the movie is pretty funny and entertaining for different reasons, and it, and Spud is funny. You know, some of the dialogue is funny, and but it gradually gets less and less funny. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I I like that because sure it draws you into the sort of the excitement of of it all. But by the end, it's like let's just survive this. Let's just get out of this alive. And I think that's perfect, you know? Yeah. Even though it's not trying to be a cautionary tale, it's still just a tale. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it fits. Everything kind of makes sense to me. But I get what you guys are saying. Like, it's not, it doesn't hold up the way you thought it, it might. Yeah. Well, it's not that it's going to hold, hold up, the, doesn't hold up. It's just that 
as you're older, you have a different perspective on the life that it's showing. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, I guess I, the, I mean, it's, it's filmed primarily in Glasgow, but uh, the beginning and some of those scenes are Edinburgh and the, the, the place that they're from, the, the, the neighborhood is called Leaf. And it's, you know, it's a real shithole. But now... Isn't that um, where the Proclaimers it, are from? What? <laughs> from Leaf? <laughs> yeah. Wait, how would you know that? Because it's the name of their album. Oh. <laughs> Sun, what is it? Sunshine and Leaf or something? The name of the album with the... <laughs> L-E-I-T-H? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I don't I, know. I do, but I, didn't, I was never into the Proclaimers that much, so... Well, nobody was. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were more than no, most. No, it's just something that's stuck in my brain. <laughs> Some weird shit's getting stuck I in know, here. I know, I <laughs> know. Anyway, sorry. I said No, that's right. <laughs> well, all I was getting to was that now it's a sought-after place to live. Like, it's it's right. gentrified. It's uh, Last year was ranked by Time Out as one of the top five neighborhoods to live in the world. So... Think of that what you will. It's just, all I'm saying is it's it's a time and a place. It's not just about the drugs. It's not just about these guys. It's, you know, there's a time and a place to this. And I, th I think there's, um, you know, there's more to it than than we have time for. But I think that's also why the movie is effective. It's like, we don't want to go too deep because you wanna, if you get bogged down in the details, you you lose the energy, this, you know, this crazy mm -hmm. energy this movie has. I did watch the sequel. I don't know if you guys have seen it before. But I haven't. No. I think, I don't know if it was on. Oh, I, I rented Stars. I'm so stupid. Because <laughs> Stars is like three bucks for the next six months or something there. It's a special. <laughs> so now I have Stars. Great. It's like the same price as renting it. Yeah, I could have just rented it. <laughs> yeah, but now you have stars. But now I have stars. <laughs> and I think I watched the sequel on there. And that's that's like 2017 they released that. And it has more... It, it goes back to, you know, the reason they call it train spotting, which was uh, an encounter with Begbie's dad in a train station. And it's like, oh, you guys train spotting? And it's just... It's kind of meaningless. It's just like, you know, something that you're into. I think it's supposed to be a metaphor for... Um, a hobby that no one really understands unless you're part of it. Yeah. You know, unless you were a train spotter, you, you didn't know what the hell people were doing. What, what, why would they just sit and look for trains or something? <laughs> and if you didn't, if you're not, if you've never taken heroin, you wouldn't understand any of this. I think yeah. that's what it's trying to say. But there's more to this. The sequel isn't necessarily good. I mean, it's, uh, it's interesting because like you said, uh, Mark Renton is not a hero and, he comes back after 20 years and he's divorced and, and he's, um, gets into it with sick boy right away. Gets in, Begbie gets out of prison, um, which he's been in this whole time and he's pissed off. So, so it pretty much builds to a climax with, you know, a, a showdown between Begbie and a bunch of them, you know, that's, it, it's kind of silly at the end, yeah. but, but it's not bad. It's just, it's more like interesting if you're, you know, if you wanted to go a little deeper cause it, it's more, um, you know, more, more, what were we talking about? Like the, the adult themes pop up, you know, people yeah. have had a whole life. Some of them have kids, you know, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, you, I, I don't was know how much to say, to. uh, it seems, it seems, I mean, I haven't seen it, but it feels as an outsider looking in, it feels very unnecessary to have a sequel to this movie. I guess Is it was that, a, a sequel, a follow up book called porno. Yeah. I never read that. I read the, I read Train Spy. I never read Porno. But yeah, like it, 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 when it came out, I was like, "Wow, why? What do you need to make a sequel to Train Spotting for?" It just reminded me of, um, you know, Stand by Me when they uh, he tells the story about Lardass, and then you know they want the one kid wants to know what happened after, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And he says, I don't know, they went out and celebrated a couple of cheeseburgers. That's what, <laughs> that's what train spotting seems like to me, is them going out and celebrating a couple of cheeseburgers. Yeah, because like, you don't just, care about what, the, what happens yeah, to them. Yeah, like it just, yeah. it feels, uh, I don't know, it's like such a, it's like a moment in time, that movie, you know? Yeah. Uh, to explore further down the road feels unnecessary. But, I mean, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. But Yeah, no, I think you're right. It's pretty unnecessary. Yeah. It's, yeah, I don't know. If you're bored, I wouldn't say don't watch it. Because yeah, I will say that 
I think it's pretty clear throughout Train Spotting that Ewan McGregor is like his his sort of on screen charisma and magnetism is undeniable. Mm-hmm. He, I just you know, he's just so eminently watchable, mm. and I guess that's why he's had such a, a far more sort of successful career. And I mean, he's the the only thing about the prequels, like <laughs> Phantom Menace, that's watchable is him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think he's a really great actor who's never really. It's weird when some. It's weird when some. When I so, like, there's an actor who I think is really great, like a really fantastic actor who's like never won an award. Not, not an yeah. Oscar necessarily, but like I don't know, Golden Globe, an Emmy, something. Like, has he ever won any awards? Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he's been nominated, but I don't know if he's won anything. I just feel like he's a really great actor who some people don't really give credit to. Other than he keeps getting roles and, you know, he's, <laughs> he's a, you know, he's a star, but I don't know. I just, there's just, there's that, there's, I feel like there's this whole class of actor in, in Hollywood who are better than sort of, uh, the Hollywood machine would have you believe or something. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I do think he's great. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah, he's multi-talented. You can, you know, he can sing. He did, um, Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. Um, he did another one early a life, on. A Life Less Ordinary was also a Life Less Ordinary. Movie. Yeah, I like that movie. Um, what's the one? Something about. Oh crap! I'll find it. <laughs> he's he's singing another one in earlier earlier in his career. Something like glitter. Sammy's he's in he's... glitter. No, not glitter, but <laughs> glitter the tab <laughs> just. Just flailing here. Oh well. Yeah, but yeah. Your po- to your point, it's he. He has a lot of talent. He's versatile. He's likable. You know, he's a good-looking yeah. guy. Can play a lead. And yet hasn't been recognized as to as a. You know. Or he hasn't reached a certain level that other people have with the same number of credits. Yeah. It's like he's there's, he's just like he's one film away from being like a super, super duper star, you know, like all, he just never had that one movie that he was the lead in, like the, like the star he's in every scene that made, you know, $800 million, you know, mm-hmm. like there's no reason Chris Pratt is a superstar and Ewan McGregor isn't, you know, in terms of talent, like Chris, I like oh, Chris Pratt okay. and he's very amusing and all, but he's not a good actor. He just does his thing and he does it well for the most part, you know, but he just happened to star, in like two or three of the highest grossing films of all time. So there it is. Now he's in everything. Yep. Yeah. Uh, can we yeah. go back to that comment about him being the only interesting character in the Phantom Menace? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you want to stick up for Jar Jar Binks? You mean the only one who, who, who wasn't killed partway through the movie. <laughs> the only actor who actually yeah, sells the was good. terrible lines written for them. So I think you, but Sam, are you talking about Liam Neeson? Yeah, I think, I yeah. think both Qui-Gon and Darth Maul had potential to be far more than they were. That, but they well, were of course, off. you're starting from the bottom. <laughs> they all had potential to be better than they were because they were all shit. No, but I mean, they were killed off. Like, I mean, you were enjoying who they were. I don't know. Even Liam Neeson's having a hard time spitting out those terrible lines. Well, okay. (laughs) We're not going to go down this path. (laughs) (laughs) One, I don't really want to argue it all that hard. (laughs) Jinx agrees. Two agrees. (laughs) Jinx agrees with me. Uh, that movie I was thinking of has no glitter in it. It's called Velvet Goldmine. Oh, oh 1998 yeah. Yeah, musical yeah. drama. That yeah. one's a little tough to watch. It for yeah, me. I didn't. It wasn't rememberable, but he did sing and dance and stuff. So anyway, well, all right. Something something about the last thirty seconds just reminded me of my favorite my favorite exchange in Train Spotting. Okay, is when they're talking about Sick Boy, and uh, he says he says. 
uh, Ewan McGregor says he's always, he's always lacked moral fiber, and the other whoever the, I forgot who he's talking to yeah. says, "Yeah, but he knows a lot about Sean Connery." And he says, "That's hardly a substitute." <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, the way he delivers that line just kills me. It just cracks me up. <laughs> yeah, or the fact that Sick Boy kicks kicks the habit just to show him how easy he can do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. man. So Danny Boyle is, he's an interesting director because I was very much into his movies for a long time. Mm. Yeah. He's made some great movies. And then so, like right around with that, hold on, let me look him up real quick. So I'm not screwing this up. But, so I want, you know, when a Danny Boyle movie was coming, I was like, Ooh, Danny Boyle movie. Yeah. You know, and like Slumdog Millionaire won all the awards in the universe and I liked mm-hmm. it. It was good. Um, and 127 hours was good, but something happened around there where I just totally lost interest. Yeah, he stopped making as good a movies. <laughs> Is that what happened? Because yeah, I, I haven't seen a movie. If, I haven't seen any of his movies in 12 years, not since 127 hours. I haven't seen any of them because I just haven't wanted to. You know, like I like Frankenstein. Was that a movie? What the fuck was that? I don't even right, remember Frankenstein. it. Trance, right. I vaguely recall. Steve Jobs, I'm like, oh, I don't care. Oh, yeah, I saw Trance. And then Train Spotting 2 came out. I was like, I don't know. And then Yesterday, which is the fucking Beatles fantasy shit. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, you would hate that. It, yeah. I uh, <laughs> didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. Because it's... Well, never mind. Let's not, let's not dwell on that one. But what about like 20... So, yeah, so you're saying that in the days of like the beach and 28 Days Later... That's when he was still making good movies. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't really care for The Beach that much, but I liked 28 Days Later was awesome. Millions was okay. Sunshine I really liked. I liked Slumdog Millionaire. And I liked 127 Hours, but then I just like lost interest. I didn't see the Steve Jobs movie. Yeah, me either. That's all right. Which like one Michael was that? Because there was... It's the, oh, that's, it's the one written oh, by Aaron okay. Sorkin. Oh, see, that's the thing, too. Like, a little tired Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, I can't see Danny Boyle and Aaron Sorkin blending well together they seem to have different sort of approaches to film yeah you know yeah i'd agree with that well so, just I for don't everyone know. who doesn't follow aaron sorkin <laughs> he has done some good stuff called oh yeah we're not game, knocking i mean Money i'm not Ball. knocking eric good sorkin yeah. yeah yeah he's done some good stuff good just like he's he his his stick is it's a very it's different very, style it, it's all wet it's His what? style is very different. Well, yeah, but it's it's so clearly him. You know, it's sort of like, um, you know, Quentin Tarantino is so Quentin Tarantino. There's no mistaking it. Aaron Sorkin is similar, and, all, and you know, like his voice is so unmistakably him. There's no variation. You know, his movies are all clearly him. I went so I, uh, there, you can look it up on YouTube supercuts of like his favorite lines that appear in all his movies. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird that a writer has lines that appear in all his movies. It's very specific ones too. You know, it's not like I'm going to go, you know, start the car. It's, it's, you know, they're like, they're quips, <laughs> you know, I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Huh? Okay. Yeah, it is. It is odd. You're right. Because it's, because the one, you know, 127 hours is the one he got the most recognition for, right? Maybe yeah. along with Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. Yeah, those two. It was sort of, because they were back to back too, so it was like... Pretty close, yeah. yeah. Or maybe they were, I don't know. Yeah, oh they yeah, were. the other one's a short film called Alien Love Triangle. I don't know what that is. Hmm. But then it's... Tra- yeah, tra- Trance is not good. Uh, trance is... Uh, Ewan McGregor, isn't it? Uh, no, it's... Young Professor X, what's his name? Oh, right. James McAvoy? Yeah. James McAvoy, the other guy. <laughs> if you can't get Ewan McGregor, get James McAvoy. <laughs> Although, James, yeah, I like James McAvoy a lot. Yeah, he's they're, great. They're both very good. Yeah. But I, it fell apart. Some Somewhere in there is, is it's like too, it's like, it was trying to be kind of like Inception almost because you're, if I remember correctly, is she's like a hypnotist, you know, very good hypnotist, and then and there's a there's a heist of a uh, artwork in a auction. Do you remember any of this? Anyway, it no. it feels like it's going to be a good movie, but it just sort of kind of implodes after a while. Mm-hmm. 
It's like, eh. It loses plausibility at some point. But it made it made money. It made it made enough money to cover the budget. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe he can still make good movies. Let's let's not <laughs> pull the plug on him just yet. Uh, okay. I'll <laughs> I'll let him live. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's got something in <clears throat> in development called Methuselah. I don't I don't know what it's about. Yeah. No, this sounds interesting, actually. An action-adventure story centered on a thousand-year-old man who has used his time on the planet to develop an unparalleled set of survival skills. You think if you were mm-hmm. invincible, you wouldn't need survival skills? Hmm. If you're... <laughs> I mean, you can live a thousand years, you've... Probably... You've done it. <laughs> yeah. You've proven you can survive. I, got, I don't need survival skills. Well, maybe he just doesn't age. That doesn't mean he's indestructible. All right. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out when Methuselah comes out. I will have to say that this movie has forever linked the song Lust for Life by oh, yeah. Pop to it. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. You can't hear that movie and not think, I mean, hear that song and not think of this movie. Yeah. What was the, there was a, little um, blurb about David Bowie's involvement and how he was able to kind of produce some some of the stuff for Iggy Pop and sort of make it... Oh, it's more, more than that. Iggy Pop yeah, was, was, it? was horribly messed up on drugs too, so the Stooges weren't a viable band after a while. Um, and uh, But David Bowie... They knew each other, and David Bowie really liked him, so he, he helped him out to get him back on track to do his solo career. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's yeah, it seems like um, he helped write write the album, and you know helped him make yeah. the first album, which is pretty darn lucky for Iggy Pop, and have your friend be David Bowie. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's well. nice, um, but also pretty cool for David Bowie to believe. You know, to believe in him. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, I think it was some, there was also something about the business side of it, like where it made it more affordable to get some of these tracks in here that would have been really expensive. Like he sort of did something that hadn't been really done before. It was, it was suggested, I wish I could find my, rep, my source here, but I can't. But uh, <laughs> Interns, come on. Yeah, come on, interns. Anyway, but this, I mean... It, that kind of tracks for me because this is a movie where you think of the music almost synonymous, synonymously with the movie. Yeah. You know, in a way that I can't remember before that, or I can't think of any really good examples like this. I mean, you, yeah, you think about Lust for Life, you think about uh, Night Clubbing is another Iggy Pop song. And, yeah. Um, the, um, whatever that, uh, that Born Slippy song is, it's at yeah. the end. Yeah. That song gets stuck in my head a lot. I just heard that, too, on... Um, uh, there's a show on Netflix called Dairy Girls. Have you guys ever seen that? It takes place oh. in Scotland in, uh, oh. uh, in the early familiar. 90s, I think. Late 80s, early 90s. <laughs> and they played that song in the latest episode. And I was like, well, that can't That's be cool. a coincidence. Right? <laughs> I, probably not, no. Yeah. I did hear an Elastica song in there that I hadn't heard in a while. Hmm. In Train Spotting? Yeah. Oh. Towards the towards the last quarter of it. Oh, yeah, it's slick, Holly. It's I, I think it also is important that it does it seamlessly and um sort of obviously, you know, when when the, the visuals cut, there's a you know, there's a cut in the music. It's yeah. It's I mean, large, subtle large, art to that. I don't large know. portions of the movie are sort of music videos unto themselves, mm-hmm. so it lends itself, you know, to having yeah. a good soundtrack. But it doesn't doesn't feel like they're trying to cram a lot of music yeah. in there. It just seem it feels like it's part of what's happening almost. Yeah, it feels pretty organic. I think that's why they um, link those things together. The whole sex and drugs and rock and roll. Liquor and drugs. <laughs> Cash machine. Oh, sorry, I'll shut up. <laughs> the um, 
Yeah. There's, I don't know. There's something about the movie that just, that makes you feel like you're, you know, there with them. Oh, I was going to talk about the, the beginning that they didn't have, they didn't know how they were going to start the movie and they, his, his little choose life monologue. They decided at some point to, to put that in the front and then do that cut where he's, he actually gets arrested at that point. But that's, you know, it's like a flashback, I guess. Would you call it a flashback? Sure. Yeah, I like the way they do it because then they get to close with it. I also, oh, you, know, right. you, yeah. you mentioned like, you know, how the, the beginning definitely starts out funnier than the later part of the movie, but yeah. also like, like funny in different ways, like the poop humor. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like, I mean, it's disgusting, but at the same time, it's pretty darn funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was happy to um, learn it was chocolate just, just yeah. for my own benefit. Like, <laughs> so at least it didn't, you know, it smelled good while they were filming it. But that's a pretty good shot. I don't know. I mean, I know it's just practical effects, but like having that, the toilet, you know, having go into the toilet and come yeah. out of the toilet and it did a lot of low budget stuff like the when he has the overdose hit yeah, yeah. and he sinks into the floor and they, yeah and the baby on the ceiling <laughs> baby in the ceiling yeah the trains on the wall it just the, the room that keeps going kind of like time bandits yeah it's some good stuff i mean that's that stuff would not be obvious just looking at the source material or, or this or the screenplay i, I think right. danny boyle came up with I'm assuming it's Danny Boyle or somebody came up with a lot of good ideas there. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to, uh, Ewan McGregor's, uh, uh, awards or lack thereof. He has won a few. Mm-hmm. He won a golden globe for playing twins on Fargo season, uh, whatever three is it? Uh, so. which I don't think I saw that season or yeah, it's third season. That's a good show. Uh, and he won a primetime Emmy award for Halston. Hmm. And, and he has a BAFTA Britannia humanitarian award. I would imagine not for any single performance, <laughs> but so he was this- also, he was nominated for a golden globe for, um, Moulin Rouge too. He didn't win. Oh, okay. That's cool. Oh, and Salmon Fishing in the Yemen, which I never saw, but as a oh, terrible it's, title. It's a, it's a decent movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and we we didn't mention his little turn in, uh, what is it, uh, Big Big Fish? Oh, yeah. He plays his dad from yeah. the sort of circus dreamlike stuff. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. That was a good movie. Okay. I got a question. <laughs> Who would you recommend train spouting to? Who would you be like, hey, you got to see this? Because, hmm. like, from an age standpoint, you'd be like, hey, hmm. kids, you think about doing drugs? Watch this movie. Like, <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Would it work? Would it, would it have any effect? Or not? Maybe. You know? I think so. Uh, yeah. Maybe, like, younger younger film goers who are fans of current Ewan McGregor films or TV or work, whatever he does, who maybe haven't seen some of his early work, you know, maybe see the beginning, you know, since it's only his, what is it? It's only, is it his second movie or is that just his only a second Danny Boyle movie? Second Danny Boyle movie. I think he's has other ones. Does he know other stuff? Think. Yeah, that's tricky because you don't, you wouldn't, recommend it to young teenagers it would be more like college age because <laughs> if it's it's a cautionary tale if you're never if you're if you haven't encountered anything like this world and hopefully you don't but if you but if you might then you should watch it <laughs> <laughs> for the good and the bad you know not well i don't good good because it's entertaining bad the bad because it it does leave an effect on you it has has an effect on your psyche in a meaningful way and and not yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone would argue it's it it's uh, going to make you want to do it. No. Um. Yeah, because they it's not like they take drugs and then go do a bunch of interesting stuff. They just no, they just lay around. They just fall on the floor. You know, like right. that's that's what it is. That's what that's what it's going to be. 
You're going to be lying on the floor doing nothing. Right. And the interesting thing about mm. that, too, is it doesn't even bring you inside their head, really. It distorts the room. It distorts reality, To but it doesn't, it doesn't really give you the sense that there is anything euphoric happening. Yeah. You know, it's, I think, you know, I mean, obviously, our, our, not all of our audience is interested in making movies. But as far as like, if you're like, hey, what's a really low budget movie that is really effective? Like this is, you know, a good example. What's a low budget sure. movie that is is well done that has no hero? Like <laughs> that, mm, that's yeah. this is this is it, you know. Mm-hmm. Indeed. I think that it's it's hard to make a good movie that doesn't have a hero. Yeah, and I mean, you don't set out to do that. I don't think necessarily it's not like a, a genre like a well i guess i guess it is sort of a genre because we like we've covered some of them like a perfect world or something where there's anti-heroes slash lack of hero type concepts but there's still somebody you're rooting for in most of these movies like in, in a perfect world you're still you're always rooting for the kid you know you're still concerned about somebody in this one you're concerned but not in a and like, oh man, I hope they don't mess up their lives. Well, it's too late for that. It's more like just, yeah, survival type stuff. Yeah. But I, I mean, yeah, I guess it's more, well, to make it low budget and to make it interesting and to make, and to have it sort of have the effect that it did. I mean, certainly from a movie making, pers- from the studio perspective, that's what they want. Like, so get butts in seats. People will be talking about this movie, etc. Indeed. They're happy. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's, there is swearing and stuff. I don't, you know, I don't know if the censors, there, there's, there's definitely nudity and <laughs> oh, yeah. there's a lot going on. Um, yeah. Fake poop or poop, hopefully, whatever. Want to call that stuff that he sl- he slings all over the breakfast table? <laughs> um, that that part still gets me. <laughs> what gets me is Spud's reaction to finding the poop. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> just the horror never ends. It just keeps getting worse and worse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, doesn't doesn't sound good. Doesn't look good. Don't want to do it. But, you know, it should be noted that that was actually after a, a full night of drinking that he, yeah, he crapped the bed. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Well, all right. Hmm. What are we doing yeah, next? Are we done with this? <laughs> uh, it was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, as an adapted screenplay. Yeah, and you know who it lost to? Uh, let's see. The, that would have been '96. French Raptors. Forrest Gump. No, it lost to. Oh, that was '94. Oh, Sling Blade. Oh, yeah. Good. French Raptors. <laughs> 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 so that's that's odd to me because I think Sling Blade is an interesting movie. I don't think it's a great screenplay. I don't. I mean, I guess it is. I don't remember because, it very well. I mean, it's interesting. I don't know. I can't really put my finger on it. I think it's more... Yeah, I have to watch it again to yeah. really we might pick it apart. Have, but I have to review it someday. Maybe. Add it to the list. Indeed. Um, well, I was going to mention something um, <clears throat> in our uh, typical style of talking about people we may have uh we may have done some more damage what um we have lost angela lansbury oh and we have been talking a lot about her <laughs> <she wrote. laughs> oh boy what have we done we're at it again yeah christ sorry was that sorry today? angela is that, is that today yeah i think that just happened oh i hadn't heard yeah so <laughs> I don't know. Well, who's going to solve it if she's dead? 
<laughs> I guess maybe. I suppose she probably wasn't murdered. <laughs> I don't think she was murdered. <laughs> she lived a long, happy life. Yeah. That would be crazy if she were. <laughs> yeah. That would be interesting. Like, that would be like probably the way she would want to go out, like an unsolvable murder. <laughs> I mean, potentially. <laughs> Dedicated to her craft, huh? Her, <laughs> yeah. her so-called craft. Yeah, she's 96. Dang. Holy cow. Yeah. All right, but it is, uh, I think, Sam's turn next yes oh it is mm-hmm. felt like i just picked something <laughs> felt, I felt like i just just did the uh that that submarine movie mm-hmm yep and then yeah. <laughs> and then the changeling and then change spotting and now you holy cats <laughs> you're right <laughs> <laughs> do you All need right. a second <laughs> <laughs> of course not i was prepared for this <laughs> oh yeah yeah what decade are we doing <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do 80s okay <laughs> i mean you're right <laughs> all right and we're doing a movie that we've never seen or are we doing a movie that, that we've all seen well i think you know my stance on this yeah, I think I would prefer a movie we've all seen. I say do whatever you feel like. Yeah. All right. There, There is a movie that you guys have probably seen that I haven't seen. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I'd have to actually then look it up because... <laughs> <laughs> to you give don't have you any details hint. about it? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know the title. That's a start. <laughs> it's it's a it's a Clint Eastwood production. Hmm. Hmm. Meaning yes. he directed it, or he yes. starred in it, or both. He directed it. So that it narrows a, it down. We already did a perfect world. He has it every which way but loose. Yes. Yeah, no. It's it's a movie that you put together all of his movies he's ever done. You're like, huh? Why this one? <laughs> like. Huh. Because it's, uh, yeah. Play Misty for me? Not exactly, nope. <laughs> well, he's an, he's an, is he an actor in this movie as well as director or oh, something? Oh, what's, uh, what's it won Pink, an Oscar. Pink Cadillac? <laughs> Did he drop oh. that? It won no, an Oscar? It won, won oh, an... crap. Oh, no. But it's, it... it's not like it won like Best Picture. It won, okay, it, it's it not it Bridges in Madison County. County no, that's it? 90s. Okay. That's you me. fool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come on. All right. It's got Forrest Whitaker in it. Forrest um, Whitaker in it. Is he in Heartbreak Ridge? Guess not. It might be a movie none of us have seen. No way. Come on. Forrest Whitaker. It's got Forrest Whitaker. It's from the 80s. 1988. 88? Directed by Clint Eastwood? Yep. Is it a military movie? Nope, it's a jazz musician movie. What? Oh. oh. Bird? Yep. Bird. Yeah, I've never seen that. I think I've seen that. I don't remember it very well. Yeah, I was going for the biopic. We haven't done one in a while. Nice. Okay. Bird. So, the only bad thing about Bird, having not seen it, <laughs> <Is> it... <laughs> it's a really long movie oh yeah it's yeah it's two hours 40 minutes jesus christ <laughs> you better like jazz <laughs> oh yeah uh, did you want to tie in heroin is, is that why you picked it because <laughs> i think there's gonna be some heroin use oh boy oh really is that that that's in uh i mean he, he is he is a drug addict i know that i just yeah. didn't know which drug Hmm. All right. Anyway, we're doing it. Bird. Okay. Yeah. What an odd pick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it had nothing to do with being put on the spot, though. <laughs> I can't believe I've never seen this. I had a list of movies that that um, that I keep of movies I haven't seen that are from our time period. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, oh, at some point, I'll watch it. <laughs> and that was that was on there. Hmm. Yeah. Well, well, well. Hmm. 
If you want to veto it, I can switch it to a different movie, but... <laughs> I don't veto denied. Do we do veto power? I we don't, don't think do we that. do. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> Thank God we don't. <laughs> I, I, I definitely yeah. get a pick it. We pulled that, pulled that trigger right a long no, time ago. The thing about we pulled Bird, that 120 picks ago. <laughs> is Bird is actually shot in real time, and huh. it's the moment in, in his life where he wanted to sit down and watch a Japanese movie about kids after World War II who don't have any food. <laughs> Well, ah, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Bird. All right, that's enough movie buff. I'm out. I... Wait a second. Wait a second. What? Iggy Pop's got a lust for life. I got a lust for the best darn review we've ever done, which is this this one. Yep. <laughs> Just had to get that in there quick. This um, has been the best one. Definitely. The best. Yeah, my sources agree. <laughs> we, oh, never mind. I had something clever and I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I'm by. <laughs> Fine, go your stage your hour. It's gonna suck.